Oh, the dogs are barking for one reason and one reason only. The pound is open because at 5.30 on Friday, we can head out to the Dr. Glatt for Grow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt's Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Check him out online, drglatt.com. And we are joined by our good friend, X gonna give it to you, Mark Drumheller, who loves, who loves all underdogs. Have you ever seen an underdog that you did not like, Mark Drumheller? I'll tell you what, I've been hooked on underdogs since 2017 when our Eagles were the constant mm. underdogs winning the Super Bowl. So um, it's good. It, it, it feels better, I think, when you take the dog, when you kind of go against the grain, you get the points and you cash in. So you always try and look for those opportunities. All right, we're going to talk some college football. Got to talk some UFC. Uh, but, you know, you just sparked some interest there, talking uh, about the Eagles from 2017 and Man, it was all good a couple years ago, that's for sure, uh, to where we're at now. And there was a new report about how Howie Roseman in 2018 had words with Lane Johnson. I hope people aren't shocked by that. I, I, when, when, like, you got to look at these, these teams almost as families. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be people that dislike each other. There's going to be stupid things said. Uh, and I think that that was more of that uh, by Jeff McClain and the Enquirer. If you didn't read that, to go ahead and read that piece. I thought it was an interesting piece, to say the least. I wasn't surprised, but uh, Trey Lance looked pretty good today throwing the football up there in North Dakota State. And I'm not so much sold on Trey Lance, Mark Drumheller. I'm curious to know your thoughts on him, number one. But number two is I'm not buying Jeffrey Lurie or anybody telling me that the Eagles are set at the quarterback position and they want to give Jalen Hurts the keys, at least for this year. No, not buying it. If the Eagles have an opportunity to take the quarterback that they like at number six, I I fully expect, and I and I would hope Howie Roseman would do that. I don't know how you feel, but what's your thoughts? Number one on Trey Lance as the quarterback, and then if there's a quarterback that the Eagles like at number six, do you think that they will pull the trigger there? Yeah, I would hope that they would. To be honest with you, and I kind of been pretty consistent with this from the beginning. Like you don't go hunting for your franchise quarterback at pick fifty three, right? Like understand there's an investment with Jalen Hurts, but it's not. You know, to the point to where you can disregard, you know, getting a top prospect in the draft. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of disappointed when I heard those reports. So I hope it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, not sure who's going to be left on the board because these quarterbacks, after Lawrence, it gets kind of interchangeable. You know, you don't know who's going to be there at six, but there should be a quarterback there. So if it's their guy, I definitely hope they pounce on him. Uh, Trey Lance is real interesting, you know, a real interesting prospect from the perspective that. You know, he has all the physical tools, right? Like, he can make plays off-platform. He has the explosive arm. He can do everything. He's probably the closest to the Patrick Mahomes type of player outside of structure that can beat you with his legs with his athletic ability that can throw the ball than probably any other quarterback in the draft. And that probably includes Justin Fields. But the key is is it's the level of competition, and it's always going to be the level of competition with his SCS guy. That was the story with Carson Wentz. It's going to be a story with Trey Lance. Anybody that comes out of not a big power program, they're always going to have those questions. But it doesn't mean that those guys can't succeed. So, you know, I think their evaluation department, you know, is going to have to do a good job in, in trying to target, you know, if they, if they do bring them in, you know, can, can he succeed at the next level? You know, what can he do? How do you build around him? All that sort of things. But he definitely has the talent. I mean, Trey Lance. Definitely has the ability, um, but like all quarterbacks, it's going to depend on your landing spot. It depends on the coaches he gets, you know, and, and how they develop them. And I think that plays such a big part of 
these quarterbacks and whether they're successful or not. I mean, we saw it with Josh Allen. Didn't click till Brian until it clicked with Brian DeBall, and then all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate. Mm. So landing spot matters. And that's you know, is that good or bad if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan? Because it depends on whether you believe in their ability to develop them. And it's that's a fantastic answer. And and you brought up Josh Allen, and that's the quarterback that I, I go to for Jalen Hurts. And and you're a guy you study, you know more than than I do. So is it possible that Jalen Hurts can become a passer, a better passer than what he showed us in a small sample size? Like, I, I, am I wrong for pulling the carpet out and just saying, you know what, I, I, I'm done here. I, I, I want to move on and find a new quarterback because of arm strength, because of passing the football, I feel like is the number one thing that you better be able to do if you want to win a championship in the professional level. And I'm just not seeing it from Jalen Hurts to the, to, to the level that I want to see. And I looked at Trey Lance and I'm like, damn, he's got a live arm. Uh, as I was talking about Lewis Riddick earlier, he was just ranting and raving about how live his arm was and what he saw, uh, right in front of him. And of course, Justin Fields, I, I'm, I'm melting thinking about the, his, his the way he just Slings that football down the field. I can't wait for his pro day. So, can Jalen Hurts fix and be a better passer? I guess is the question. Yeah, I, I think any quarterback probably can, right? Like we've seen it with Dak Prescott. Like he was probably the outlier, right? Accuracy was the big issue with him coming out. That's why he slipped into the fifth round, right? And he has improved impressively, you know, and significantly in that area. But you don't see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Now, we just saw it with Josh Allen, right? So his accuracy, you know, from his first couple years in the league to last year, he takes a huge leap, and all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate. But I don't know if that should be the expectation. You know, is you can't, you know, find these outliers and then kind of stick to them and say, okay, well, now we can make every quarterback follow this path and have these types of leaps in an area of where typically quarterbacks don't really improve on their accuracy when they get to the next level because everything's a lot faster. You know, the, the defenses they're thrown into are filled with, you know, the best athletes in the world. So it's a lot harder to improve your accuracy at the NFL level. So I definitely have the same concerns because it was an issue with Jalen Hurts all throughout his college career, and we saw an issue in a short sample size last year. Obviously not the greatest conditions, um, you know, for him to debut under, but – um, I, I don't know if that's something you want to bank on, you know, as an outlier of saying like, oh, we're just going to make Jalen Hurts a quarterback who was never really that accurate. We're just going to make him more accurate now that he's at the NFL level. Mark Drumheller joining us here, sports wagering wizard for the gambler. Uh, you can catch him on Jansen's show every Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night. Yep, thumbs up. All right, nice. And, of course, right here every Friday at 5.30. And, Drum, you're going to join us for Sunday, right, when we're going uh, live at 8.30-ish at Fox PHL Gambler for the college basketball bracket breakdown, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Selection Sunday doesn't get any better than that, man. Mark Manis, so many, so many betting opportunities. Yeah, so many betting opportunities. And you know what's crazy is that now, like, madness is the appropriate word, and I feel like we shouldn't have used it until this year with now Kansas falling out of the Big 12 tournament, Virginia, who is the reigning national champions. They're the champions, and there's a chance that they might not be able to play in this upcoming tournament. Uh, obviously, Duke, what we saw, hell, they've been playing better basketball, and we all want to see Duke make a run and get into the tournament so we can root against them. But as far as being a better now, now we got to worry about this nonsense? It's crazy. It really is, but let's let's rewind a little bit, right, because we're a little bit comfortable. We've had sports now for a while, so, you know, we're a little bit pampered because – 
you know, when we rolled these sports out and we said, oh, imagine if, you know, the Chiefs lose some players in the Super Bowl because of COVID. How's that going to impact things? And imagine, and now we're kind of seeing some of that in college basketball. Listen, it's a one-year thing. We wanted to get the season in. We got the vaccines rolling out. We're looking at better days ahead. Um, a couple teams got to miss it. A couple teams got to miss it. Show goes on. That's the way I look at it, too, Mark. Uh, there's another guy in this station that feels like they need to hold up and, and, and push things back. Uh, but, I I mean, look, I feel... He doesn't even like mozzarella sticks. Yeah, he doesn't even like mozzarella sticks, so we don't really care what he's got to say. Anyways. Uh, all right, you know what? I've got to mix this in because I want to talk to you about UFC. We had a great card last Saturday, switching gears. Talk a little UFC with Mark Drumheller. Uh, gave us some plays. First of all, how did you do on the total card? Second of all, uh, I mean, that, the, 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 the disqualification was, was crazy to see that. He was dominating that fight, Peter Young. Yeah, so it was a profitable night thanks to that disqualification. Was on Sterling, was on Brady, um, on the prelims, hit them both, lost the main event. Adesanya couldn't get it done um, against Blahowicz. So very weird night. Um, but, you know, and, hey, a profitable night's a profitable night. We take them all that we can. I was surprised that Sterling kind of gassed so early, was so ineffective. I think Jan just showed that he's kind of, you know, really at the top tier, and he's peaking his performance. He's looking better and better every time he goes out there. So um, he's going to be a tough guy to bring down. I don't think Sterling's in any rush for that rematch. No, you're right about that. Um, and uh, Brady is from Philadelphia. Dude, first of all, does he have an inch of skin that's not tattooed? That's number one. Number two is that dude's a beast. We might be hearing about him for quite some time. Yeah, he's going to be a problem in the welterweight division. Um, you know, he came over, you know, recently from Cage Fury, and he is—he uh, was a champion over there. And mm. you can tell he's getting better and better. Um, he's a guy that you know I definitely think has a promising career. He, you know, I think next he should probably be fighting at least in the top ten, if not a top five opponent. Uh, and the welterweight division could use some, you know, an infusion of talent. We'll talk about that, you know, a little bit with the main event. But Leon Edwards, obviously, in the main event, he's a 170-pound contender. But Kamara Usman is kind of running through everybody and cleaning house in that division pretty quick. So they could use, you know, some more competition in there. All right. We do have uh, the Edwards and Muhammad fight going down tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Uh, you do have some plays that you were looking at here. What, what's the one fight that uh, you like the most on tomorrow's card? Yeah, well, um, we can talk about the main event. I mean, I like Leon Edwards. He's won eight in a row. Um, last loss was to Kamara Usman back in 2015. And he's very technical, good takedowns. But he's not super exciting, right, but he's super effective. Five of his last six wins were by decisions. It's a big step up in class for Muhammad. Muhammad's ranked 13th, but really hasn't had that, you know, prominent win to kind of propel his career. And I don't think it's going to happen against Edwards. Um, I think Edwards should dominate him pretty easily. Pretty big favorite, uh, minus 275. You could look at Edwards by decision. You know, Muhammad is well. Seven of his last eight wins were by decision. So you got two guys who typically win. When they win, it's by decision. So that might be a play if you want to try and shorten the odds. But I'm just throwing Edwards straight up, minus 275. I'm going to go to the bank with it. It's a big number, but I think he takes them out pretty easily. All right. Now we'll switch gears and let's get on over to football. FCS. First of all, I watched Deion Sanders and Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks. Do you know where Jacksonville State is, Mark Drummond? Jacksonville State, I think, is in Alabama. Oh, State. he's Deion good. Jackson State. So it's the Jackson State. He's not Jacksonville State. It's Jackson State. So. He uh, made the big upset over Grambling. My man Dave cashed in on that one. But, yeah, Dion's getting it done. Proving uh, a lot of people wrong. 
All right, then we met. <laughs> Good Lord, what a disaster today has been. All right, first of all, Jackson State is not in Alabama, John Jansen. It's in Miss. It's in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> so I said Jacksonville State. Okay, so Jackson State Tigers is who Deion Sanders coaches. Wow, that's a bad job by me. Brutal. Two and zero. Oh. You know, honestly. I'm allowed one bad show, all right? I'm allowed one bad show. I'm the program director. It's Read the rules. It's on the wall over here. Uh, cause I said, it was it's like, Friday. It's happy yeah, hour. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I do some Miller lights over there in the fridge. Get me one, please. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so Jackson State is not in Florida either, though. It is in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Anyways, Dion, 2-0, and and you said grambling. That was a big-time victory. It was a really close game. Watched the second half. And you know what, Drum? You've been watching for the past couple weeks. FCS, pretty damn good football at the end of the day. It really is. I mean, there's some good teams in there. You get some good competition. I mean, obviously, there's like 30-something teams playing, 30-something games. You're going to get some low-level, you know, every game's not great. But, you know, I think each week they have, you know, a handful of matchups that are that are pretty appealing and they're pretty good games. I mean, listen, I got ESPN Plus. I tune into all these games. I watch them. And uh, it, I love football. And, and I think the level of play is, you know, only going to get better as the season goes on. All right. Speaking of that, let's get into your plays for this weekend's action. First of all, what's the biggest game this weekend? I see Villanova's playing. As far as, like, two teams or a matchup or a, a team or a university, excuse me, playing that everybody would know, you know, what's the biggest game happening this weekend? Yeah, I think the biggest game, if you want to talk level of competition, is probably – um, Nickel State and Sam Houston State. I mean, that's really that's a game that I'm on. Nickel State is a small underdog in that matchup. Uh, they're ranked seventh. Sam Houston State's ranked twelfth. Right, two of the best teams in the Southland Conference. And this game is big for the simple fact that uh, you know there's six at-large bids. So if you don't win your conference, you got to get one of these at-large bids to make the playoffs. Both these teams are very good consistently year out, year in and year out. But Right now in the top 10 of the FCS, five of the 10 teams are from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So uh, those at-large bids are going to get eaten up by that conference. So, you know, the loser of this matchup, even though it's still early in the season, it kind of has a playoff feel because they might not get an at-large bid. They can't bank on that. So their season could be on the line. So I think it's going to be a very competitive matchup. You look at Nickel State blowouts their first two weeks, they outscored their opponents 142-3, to right? And then last week, uh, you know, uninspiring win, 31 to 24. Uh, you know, they they just looked like they were just kind of going through the motions. I think it was a little bit of a look ahead into this week's matchup. And then you got Sam Houston did not play last week. Played the week before, opened their season, had a shootout, a game that had 1,200 yards of offense. Um, was an awesome game. I watched it. They won 43 to 38. But what I took away from that game was the Sam Houston State defense was supposed to be the anchor of their team. They were supposed to be dominant. They were supposed to be elite. And they got sizzled for like 38 points. They got in a shootout. They couldn't stop anybody. So I was very unimpressed with them. And now they're running into a nickel state offense. Quarterback Lindsey Jones has them averaging like 553 yards per game. So the offense is clicking. Nickel State has already played three games. I think this is a close matchup. It's lined that way, right? you got the, the visiting dog getting two-and-a-half points going on the road. Uh, but I think Nickel State is just more prepared for this game. They've had three games. I think the offense is clicking on all cylinders. And I'm, I'm just not impressed with Sam Houston State defense in that one performance. I know it's only one performance, but it's the only data point that we have. They, you know, they let up 38 points and – you know, I think in this situation, we're getting the more talented team. 
um, you know, and when we're getting points, you know, it's only two and a half points, but I, I think they're to play. I think they're going to win this outright. So I got Nickel State plus two and a half. Go figure, Mark Drumheller, another dog. Gotta love it, man. The dogs always bark on a Friday. Mark Drumheller, we got to start playing dog or pass with you. I might have to roll that out there for next Friday. Uh, but let's keep it moving. We still got two more games that you like this weekend, and let's go to. This is actually a pretty decent matchup as far as rankings are concerned. This is number ten Southern Illinois versus number four Northern Iowa. Now I would imagine we're going to see uh, Northern Iowa actually know that program pretty well, uh, but uh, they are the number four team and they're favored by four and a half right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to play on this one, Mark Drumheller? Yeah, I like the dog in this one. Southern Illinois, the Salukis. Um, this one, you know, it moves down to four a little bit. Four and a half is kind of back and forth. But again, two top-ranked teams, right? We talked about the Missouri Valley Conference. They're all fighting for those at-large bids. Um, the Salukis are two and one. They lost the third-ranked North Dakota, right, in a game where they were it was pretty much even on the stat sheet, but they turned the ball over five times. And we've seen that a lot with this FCS turnover variance has been huge right but they were able to play with north dakota who looks like the hottest team in the fcs to be honest with you um so very impressive northern iowa on the other hand right very highly ranked coming into the season um they're two and one they lost opening week uh to south dakota state and you know they have a shutdown defense they win by running the football but typically very low scoring they're weak at quarterback uh, they scored 20, 21, and 20 in the first three weeks, right? The total in this game is lined at 38 and a half. So they're expecting a very, very low scoring dogfight type of game. So if I can get a top 10 team with four and a half points in that situation who scored 38 points against North Dakota State against the Bisons, so they have the offensive explosiveness to score points. I think they could give Northern Iowa a run for the money, and I'm happy to take more than a field goal in this spot. Ooh, very nice. Good breakdowns across the board. Once again, X underscore Drumheller is where you can find Mark. Third and final game, you got Lamar and McNeese State. And uh, go figure, you're catching the points again here. Look at you at three for as far as the dogs are concerned. Why are you going with Lamar catching 14 and a half this weekend? Yeah, well, this is your classic dogger pass matchup, right? Because Lamar is in a rebuild. Uh, the new head coach, right? We faded them a couple weeks back against Nickel State. They lost 55 to nothing. So you ask, like, why in the world would you play a team like this, right? And it's because they're playing a team that's really overrated in McNeese State. McNeese State won and two themselves. Their only win was that gift against Tarleton State the first week where they were down 14 with five minutes left, and Tarleton State put in their backup quarterback, kind of gave the game away. But both these teams have a common opponent. They played Incarnate Word, both of them. Uh, Lamar lost 42-20 to last week, but they were in that game 20-17 to at halftime. They had three turnovers down the stretch. They were inside the 30 three times in the second half. They only got three points, so they let the game get away from them. But they were competitive. Uh, McNeese State played that same Incarnate Word team the week before, and they got completely blown out at home. They were down 31-3 to at half. They got outgained 518 to 337. They let up 8.4 yards per carry. So the defense is just, I think, as bad as Lamar's here. And I, I think that this is a situation where, you know, you have an overvalued double-digit favorite that has no defense. And, you know, we're just going to fade him here, hold our nose, take the points with the 14 and a half, because I think Lamar can hang in there. I don't think either team has a defense, so the points become even more valuable. 
Mark Drumheller, once again, fantastic stuff as usual. Always good to catch up with you on a Friday, my friend. I look forward to the NFL season when we talk two times a week. But uh, until then, man, I enjoy our Fridays, though, that's for sure. Uh, Good luck on your plays. Great breakdowns on all things UFC. And uh, we will see what happens tomorrow night on that card. I meant to bring up Amanda Nunez. That is one badass fighter. I would not take a punch from Amanda Nunez. I, I honestly think she could beat up dudes. I do. I really do. Oh, she could beat up a lot of dudes. Yeah. She's a, she's a beast. Yeah, 100%. Drum, have a great weekend, sir. And uh, we will talk on Sunday for our bracket special at Fox PHL Gambler on our socials. You demand, Drum. Sounds good, Sean. Can't wait. There he is. Mark Drum, hello, everybody.